Welcome to the easy method, Digging Deep with Elaine Zelker, where you'll be listening to the struggles and strategies that new female entrepreneurs face in their first few years of business. We will dig deep into their world and see what tips and tricks they may have for you. Plus, we'll even outsource and take it to the crowd to see how you, the listeners, can help them overcome some of their obstacles. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Elaine Zelker, and today we have Jessie Damiano. Jessie is running and building two businesses right now. Running her own business is in her blood as she watched her parents succeed and struggle as a child and knows that that entrepreneur spirit is just part of her genetic makeup. The first is her side hustle MLM direct sales CBD business. She started building her empire this past March and has already helped so many people with ailments and issues that have plagued them for years, including Jesse personally. She is happy to offer people a health without high way of living on a daily basis. On the flip side, her husband got her into martial arts about six years ago, and over the years, Jesse earned her black belt, and I'm sure she can probably kick my butt. Oh, and on the side, she was also a high school biology teacher. Talk about multitasking. She stopped working the teaching job, and for the last two years, she watched from afar and fondly remembered how much she really loved karate training. Finally, this past year, she decided to open her own karate school with one of her best friends, Casey, and it will be, I think, the second all-female-run action karate schools in the area, and she cannot wait to get started. Let's welcome Jessie. Hello. I'm so happy you're here today. I'm so excited to find out more about you. We've only really met like a month ago when you came to one of our Mission Empower retreats and taught our lovely ladies a little bit of some uh, self-defense class. And I think we hit it off right away because I started talking about, you know, empowerment for women and entrepreneurism and we kind of clicked. And I knew when you reached out that you'd be somebody perfect for this show. Um, so I want you to dive right in, tell us a little bit about what you do and about your journey, I would say in the last couple of years. Oh boy. So, um, that's always a tough question to answer because there's so many different directions it could go in. Um, but a little bit of my background, um, I was a teacher, a high school biology teacher for the last, um, nine years and I've always had a side job. I... Uh, I have a 16 year old now. I can't even believe he's 16. Um, and my, my husband and I met six years ago and we have a 13 year old as well. So two kids and uh, two dogs and a bunch of cats, or not cats, oh, chickens, chickens, not cats. <laughs> and so I always had this job as a high school biology teacher, but unfortunately the way things are right now, I was a single mom for a long time and when you're a single mom and you're a teacher, you usually have to have a side job. So uh, when I met my husband, even though I was no longer a single mom per se, I started looking at uh, the side job that would help us the best and that seemed to be working at my husband's karate school. So it, was, it started off as just a part-time job to help with income and our mindset was, okay, if I can help at the karate school, not only is that going to be part-time income for me, but it would also help the karate school, which would be furthering my husband's income. And we weren't married yet, but income in is good. <laughs> so I started that. And while I was working there, I remember my husband was like, okay, go put this uniform on. I'm like, okay. And I did. And then he's like, okay, go out in class. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I had never 
done martial arts in my life. I had never even considered the idea. So he, he basically had to drag me out there and I, I went out and I was absolutely terrified. I'm very, I'm not a very athletic person, especially like in group sports. I'm so embarrassing to myself. So the idea that I was out there doing martial arts in front of people, I was so just nervous. I, I was like trembling inside. Um, but I did it. And I love the idea that it was so different than anything I had done before. So I really started to, to latch onto it. And the, the friendships I made in the class with other women actually was really what helped me uh, become more attached to it. And then I met um, somebody named Miss Casey, who is now going to be the person that I will be opening the third action karate with. She was a teenager at the time. So here you have this young, cute, little blonde thing. And I thought, oh, she's so adorable. And then she got up there and she was demonstrating some things on my husband. And I was like, oh my God, this girl could kick my butt. <laughs> and you would have no idea. She was this sweet, unassuming thing. And I just thought that was really cool. So I kind of had this epiphany while I was training that being a high school teacher, I have had so many girls come to me and boys for that matter, but especially young girls come to me with scary things that have happened to them that have been said to them or, you know, relationship issues where I just wanted to say, get out, you know, get yourself help or learn how to defend yourself. And I had this epiphany and I was like, why is every young woman not having some sort of self-defense training? So started looking into that and, you know, here I am today. So I would like to say it was an easy transition leaving teaching and trying to start uh, our third action karate, but it was definitely bumpy along the way. You know, when you're a teacher, you have benefits and healthcare. <laughs> that is pretty, uh, it was expensive, but it was not nearly as expensive as when you're not a public, you know, employee. So that's been a hurdle. And I stayed in the job because it was, it was income and it was a salary. And um, eventually you get to the point where you have to really balance your happiness level and your mark you're leaving on the world with, you know, that healthcare. So that's uh, kind of how I, in a very roundabout way, <laughs> that's how it all started with karate. So many, you touched on so many points though, because, you know, one of the, couple of the, couple of things I want to talk to you about today is what I'm really discovering in a lot of women that are now transitioning into their own business or taking the entrepreneur role and, and doing, you know, direct sales and things like that is um, something catastrophic or something happens in our lives for us to turn the switch on that, that we're able to do this. You know, if we go back and listen to some of the other episodes, who got divorced, who had marital problems, who hit rock bottom, I lost both my parents and got divorced. Why is it that we have to quote hit rock bottom or hit a, a bad place in our lives in order for us to do something for ourselves, as opposed to just being educated and surrounding ourselves early on as young women, that we are power, powerful enough to do some of these roles way early on. Do you feel that? Like, do you feel like because you we had to like either make or break, you know, that's pretty much how the situations are for some of us in order to succeed. And I, and I love the fact that you're now 
I love that you teach women empowering by way of self-defense because I have three daughters, you know, and I you hired you to come in to teach some def defense class for one of our retreats, but I think every woman needs to take it. I think it needs to be taught in high school. I think it needs to be taught to girls going to college. You know, I think I just dumped a lot on you, but okay, so start with the whole, you know, why now? Why are you taking the entrepreneurial journey now in your life? So um, adding to the, the background piece, I actually, so my 16 year old son, I had him very, very young. So I had him when I was in high school and I kind of felt that I, I mentioned that because I kind of fell into teaching because of that experience. So I never really had the same journey as a, a teenager and a college student to really like find what I wanted to do or what I wanted to, what, you know, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. It kind of happened because I had a kid at home and I needed to have good hours and I needed a steady paycheck. And I did want to, I, I was always a really good student. Um, and I wanted to continue that. So teaching kind of just fell into my lap. Uh, I had a scholarship opportunity that it, I would have basically been an idiot to turn it down. And so I started teaching and I'm the kind of person that whatever I'm doing, I'm going to be super passionate about it and try my absolute best. And it's a blessing and a curse um, that, you know, as I was going through my years of teaching four years in, I realized I wasn't happy where I was. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm either going to continue teaching and try a different district or I'm going to leave teaching. So I was so dedicated to it and I was like, okay, I'm going to try a different district. So I went, I actually wound up in the district where I live, where my son goes to school and I absolutely loved that district. And five years later, I was back in that same position where I was just not happy. I was coming home every day. And I, I do feel like I had hit that rock bottom, like you mentioned. I do feel like I was coming home every day just emotionally exhausted. Like I wanted to shut off everything and just be. So here I am, a person with a master's degree and a successful life from the outside. And I'm feeling completely just drained and just unhappy. And I started thinking about it and, and when people would ask me, well, what are your goals in a year? My number one goal in my head was, well, in a year, I hope to be happy. And I'm like, how, you know, I had this thought and I was like, why, why am I waiting? <laughs> why am I waiting to be happy? So in all honesty, I, I have anxiety. I've, I've always had, I've had anxiety basically since the day my son was born. I don't know if there's a correlation there, but um, imagine I have three kids, so imagine my anxiety levels. <laughs> I hear ya. Yep. So I have. Me. What'd you say? Said yoga helps me. Yes, I and I I was doing all these things. Like I would come home and I had a sun lamp, and I had the you know the sun lamp on, and then I would go walk for 15 minutes, and then I would go take Zumba three times a week to get the endorphins up. I was literally doing everything but questioning my job. I was doing everything but questioning that huge decision I made at 18 years old to go and become a teacher. So I, you know, I really had to start thinking about my mental health, and I was at the brink of taking more anxiety medication. That was really what did it for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, here I am. I have these benefits. So 
I'm going to stay in this job, but now I'm going to be take paying more uh, copay because now I have to take more medication. <laughs> so it kind of was a rock bottom for me. Luckily, it wasn't a very bad rock bottom. I know myself very well. So I knew the, the path I was going on was not a good one. And so I did decide to leave. And I can't even tell you how relieved I am. And it makes me sad that I know there are other people in their careers that are just as miserable as I was that are staying in it because they think they have to, they think they have no other option. And especially women, I feel like, especially moms, because leaving that job when you have kids at home that you have to provide for and, and all that, it's such a daunting task, but it's totally possible. That is the number one thing I want to get across to women all the time. And I want to reach them sooner. I'm going to pull you in a little bit and talk about your other side hustle. You, you do, um, you joined a, an MLM, I'm assuming, or like a, a direct sales company with CBD. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey with direct sales and where you're going with that as well. So along the, the around the same time that I was considering upping my prescription anxiety medication, I started again, I'm, I'm with the sun lamp and I'm walking and I'm, I'm, looking up, you know, I'm a vegetarian. So I'm like, okay, is there a reason why I'm more anxious because I'm vegetarian? Like I'm a biology teacher. So I wanted to know why this was, why my brain chemistry was just not happy. So started looking into it. And of course I'm a very, I'm a big environmentalist and very, um, you know, try to get things as close to the ground as possible. And I'm like, okay, are there natural remedies I can try? I've never been a person to uh, partake in recreational activities. It's just never been my thing. So somebody had mentioned CBD and it made me really nervous. I'm like, okay, isn't that illegal? Isn't that pot? Yeah. I'm like, if I take this, am I going to get high? Like, I don't want to get high. I don't, and not to mention in, in my perspective, I never wanted to do, you know, I know that marijuana is becoming legal and things like that, but I didn't want to set that example for my kids. And also I know that it can make anxiety. You can make, you can make you anxious. So I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. It's going to be awful. So I started looking more into CBD and my husband and I, he went to a, a whole, like a health market, you know, and got a little bottle of it for an expensive amount of money and we brought it home and we tried it and again the first time I was like oh my god okay I'm gonna stay home I'm not gonna drive my car <laughs> same thing like should I take it at night should I t I told my family listen I'm gonna try a couple of drops like if something happens to me this is what I have exactly <laughs> I'm like come on you know and for me personally my journey was a little different with the CBD I have connective tissue disorder I have anxiety and things like that people don't know um but it didn't do much for me. And honestly, I actually, I got more anxious on it. So it may be something really? when I actually took wasn't working or something, but I'd be interested in possibly trying something else or yeah, anyway, keep going. Sorry about that. Well, no. So that's exactly what happened with us. We were doing the, the, uh, the CBD droppers and, you know, we should have known when my husband walked into the health food store, he asked the guy, okay, could you tell me about CBD? And the guy behind the counter was like, well, this is our most popular product. And it's like, that's not what we, we wanted to know, you know, but, but again, it's becoming very trendy and it's a, mm -hmm. it's not regulated right now. So there are just so many pop-ups. So the more, it wasn't really doing anything for us. So we started looking into it 
and we stumbled upon so many articles about the market just being infiltrated right now with fake stuff mm -hmm. and stuff that's actually not good for you that has uh, bad things in it. So, uh, for example, the hemp plant is, first of all, different than marijuana. I explain it like a polar bear and a grizzly bear. So they're both bears, but they're very different. And if you put a grizzly bear in a polar bear's environment, it wouldn't, it wouldn't survive and vice versa. So marijuana and hemp are two different plants. They're, they're related. And so the hemp plant acts like a straw. So basically it sucks up everything in the soil. So if you're, you're using a product that's made in the United States, unfortunately right now, our soils are just shot. They have pesticides, herbicides. I mean, years and years and years of damage to our soil. And again, I'm a biology teacher and I know these things. I teach environmental science. So I'm like, oh God, I don't want all that stuff in, in the product I'm taking in. The other thing that that's, could be dangerous in the CBD products out there right now is that if it's using a process to get the CBD actually out of the plant. So if it's using ethanol to extract the CBD out of the plant, then it can actually leave behind some some nasty stuff that we don't necessarily want in our bodies. So started looking into that and I stumbled upon the company that I work for. Um, and they were one of the, they were the best that I could find. They really were. They do all sorts of testing. One of the things that I loved about them is that they're research-based. So they started off research, research, research. And as a science te teacher, that was, that was my, my thing. And I loved that I could look up this product and I could see where it came from, what field it came from, what lab tests, like lab results came up. And so that was really great to me. And so I started to try and we, we ordered some and I started to use it for my anxiety. And the week before I started using it, I was, was near a breakdown. Like I remember going to my friend, my coworkers classroom in between classes, I had a, an off period and then I just completely broke down to her. And I was like, I am in a rough, rough spot. Mm -hmm. And so I can't even believe the turnaround that I had. And within two, three weeks, I was feeling so, so much better. And I hadn't needed to up my medication and I was just so relieved. So we started looking into this company even more and realized that we could help, you know, bring this message to people. We could help educate people about CBD because there are so many potential uses for it and literally every person could benefit from it. But because there's so many not good products right now, it's, it's, you know, it's so important to educate people. So the teacher in me was just so excited about that, that, possibility and I wanted to get out there immediately and do it so I started with this um, you know this direct sales company and they were the first in the United States to bring CBD to a direct sales business and they're the most successful company there's no denying it so I'm really how much time do you have to invest in this quote side business in order for it to be lucrative for you or you know? so that's I think part of it is that what you were that was what I was thinking when you asked about, do you, to be an entrepreneur, do you have to start your own from the ground up? And I'm like, you know what? I spend so much time on my businesses. I, I, there's no way I'm not an entrepreneur at this point because when I wake up, I 
am thinking, what can I do to, to make my business better? And when I lay there and try and sleep at night, which thank God is a little bit better because of the CBD, <laughs> I am, my mind is racing over what can I do to make a bigger impact? What can I do to get out there and bring CBD to more people and educate them? And I don't care if they're getting their product from me, but I want them to have the best benefit possible. And my mind is constantly gone. And the same thing with the karate school. It's like I'm pulled in so many directions. I'm like, what can I do to get out there into those colleges and get those young women and bring them self-defense training? What can I do to get that kid at the elementary school who's being picked on and being bullied? How can I make his life better? How can I make my income better? How can I become you know, uh, more financially independent? And so I think that when you're an entrepreneur, you that is just in you. And I think about it, I think back to it, even when I was a teacher working for a salary, I was doing that. I just wasn't getting paid for it. <laughs> I was, how can I be the best teacher? I was teaching myself, I was going onto Twitter chats and I was every night, educating myself on my craft yeah. and, and the bottom line is what you do for all of this is educate people yes your voice matters so if you're not comfortable enough and if you're not don't have the gutso enough to educate people publicly with all these platforms that we have available now right with instagram twitter facebook Pinterest, whatever platform you desire to use you can sell what you're doing by educating people because People are investigating more and more. They're going to be like, hey, listen, this is another person selling X, Y, Z. I don't know if I want to put that, but, but educate them. You know, you're a smart cookie. So it's just like, you're, you know, you know, being a newer entrepreneur in, in this, um, you become the expert because of your, the last 20 years of your life. That is why you're the expert in what you do. And let, let put, lift the veil a little, a little bit and tell them your history. Yeah, I'm a biology teacher. I investigated. I did 80 hours of work in order to give you one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, we've got to let people in our lives a little bit. And that's why I think more people that are um, entrepreneurs succeed more is when they let other people into their life a little bit. And that's probably why one of the reasons why I'm doing this, you mm -hmm. know, to, to really uncover, you know, what these entrepreneurs are all about. Um, take it a step back for a minute, then we'll go into our rapid, we're, we could talk probably for another two hours here, but <laughs> um, tell us just a little bit about the journey, what you experienced growing up with your parents. So my, my dad's probably going to kill me for telling the story, but <laughs> maybe I just won't share this link with him. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in a very small town in New Jersey, um, and both of my parents, my, my dad uh, didn't go to college, and my mom did, but she was an English major. So she actually could have been an English teacher, which is weird because I... I don't really have many teachers in the family that are not my um, peer, like, you know, my same age. So she could have done that, but she really, really loved antiques and she loved um, making, you know, dried arrangements and making wreaths and stuff like that. I can remember being in her shop, probably three years old, she opened an antique shop in the town next to us. And it was again, very small, historic town. And I can remember being in the back of the store, organizing the dried flowers into their little baskets, going up and playing with the cash register, standing on little stools to, to reach things. And I, I remember it was so much fun. And, you know, it was just this, this little piece of, I could hang out with my mom while she was at work. 
And I can also remember though, that she'd be at the kitchen table late at night, making floral arrangements, wreaths, and to sell at festivals the next day. And I would come down in my PJs and be like, mommy. And she'd be like, I'm busy. I need you to go back to bed. You know, so I, I know the other side of it too, that she was working her butt off. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, my dad was, um, he had opened a furniture refinishing business. Both of my parents at one point were entrepreneurs and what wound up happening, it was the early nineties and things just did not pan out with both of them being entrepreneurs. And we wound up having to close both of the businesses mm -hmm. and we went bankrupt. And I can remember being a kid. It was the first time I saw my dad cry mm -hmm. and he was sitting at the kitchen table and he was crying and I had never seen that. And for years and years and years, I didn't see it after that. And I, didn't realize what it was at the time that we had to file for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And so that entrepreneurial spirit was, was in me from the get go. You think that I would have been scared, mm -hmm. you know, to, to even try it. And there is always that fear there. But at the same time, I think the fact that, yeah, we went bankrupt, but we're okay. Mm -hmm. We went bankrupt and I still had a really good life. And I think that that's part of what gives me the, the motivation that, you know what? If everything blows up in my face, I'm going to be okay. 100% <laughs> you're going to be okay. Um, I'm going to go right now into your rapid fire questions. But before I do that, um, would there be anything that you would want to reach out to the audience to today that you need help with? Is there, is there something that you would want to ask or, you know, solicit or anything like that, that you would really want to reach out to your audience for? So I think, you know, because there's, two businesses on, on my mind. Um, with karate, we are looking in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. So, you know, uh, Bethlehem area. So if anybody knows anything there. In terms of the CBD business, I education is why I'm in this. And yeah, I'm, I'm earning free product and I'm making money on the side, which is awesome. But I want to educate people about this. So if anybody is curious about CBD, reach out, ask me questions. That's my, my biggest thing right now is getting that word out there. And quite honestly, you don't even have to be in the Lehigh Valley. You can do a Zoom call just like we're yep. doing. We're looking at each other right now. So you can get a room yep. of people, put it up on a screen, like, hey, listen, Jesse's gonna talk to us for a little bit. Your talents are, are worth something. So yeah, you should be getting paid for what you do, honestly. Meaning, I feel <laughs> One like guy, that'd be nice. <laughs> you're the expertise in what you're doing because you've you've, taught yourself and learned as much as you could. Now it is time. I, I said this in the very last one. My job too, as a person is to learn as much as I can. And then I spent a lot of time mastering it, but the, my goal is then you have to teach it. Yes. What is the sense of it then? Mm -hmm. Really with anything that we do as an entrepreneur, what is the sense of us doing all this work if we're not sharing it with somebody else? So let's go into our rapid fire questions. And then, of course, at the end, you know, I'll leave all the links and where we can find Jessie and, and her action karate and her CBD information, I'll leave on the podcast links as well. All right. So the first thing that comes to your mind, you don't have to get um, really just whatever comes to your mind when I say this. What would others be surprised to learn about you? I, I think uh, the most surprising thing is that I had my son when I was 16 and I'm successful. And in the era of teen mom on TV, I find that that's the most shocking fact that when I tell people that they're like, you had a kid and you, 
you did something with your life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question. In what ways do you empower yourself? You kind of touched upon it a little bit, but. I empower myself by allowing myself to um, try and relax, which is not something I'm good at. I um, started a garden this year for the first time in the spring, and I still am growing tomatoes in the middle of October, so that's fantastic. Um, but uh, fostering something from, from the seed to plant and allowing it, I can't even explain how empowering that has been for me. It sounds so silly, but like growing something and taking care of it and having it feed my family has been super empowering and, and, and rewarding for me. So those are self-care, just the, the name of the game. <laughs> I love that. And then the, the whole, we'll end it here. And what I get from Jesse is the importance of um, truly nurturing yourself and taking care of yourself from the inside out. You know, it's not just about what we're doing. It's like you have to, you've got to know what you're putting in your body. You got to know that taking care of this, you know, and I always say that too, that you, if this doesn't work and I'm pointing at my heart, nothing else around you is going to work. And you, you hit, so, we are very similar in so many ways. And I, and I'm finding that more and more with all these amazing women entrepreneurs I'm talking to, um, we've been through something, we've been through a shot and maybe that is it. Maybe that is part of this whole journey that we're all on that we've been awoken, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you know, we've been shown something that it's time to do something now and we have a voice and now it's time with all these amazing platforms that we have to voice to other women, give them a voice if they don't have it and continue to do that. So how can we reach you? Like, where's the best place for people to reach out to you, to ask you some questions? And I will definitely put them down below. Of course. Um, so what you just said, I did want to, a quote came to my mind, how to have the best year ever. It's an audiobook by Jim Rohn. I don't know if you've heard of it, but one of the best pieces of advice he was given is if you want to be happy, study happiness. Yes. And that really just stuck with me. And I think that that's, that's so powerful for, for women and for everybody is to study what you want to be and be, and learn how to be that. Absolutely. And choose it. And choose yes. happiness. Yes. Um, so reaching me, this is a, this is something I am still in the works with because I made a, a website that I, it's my name, <laughs> which is what, yeah, you, you said to do it. And I did it that like that week I went home and I was like, I'm going on to GoDaddy and I'm buying my name. Girl, girl. I love that. You are your walking brand. We know Jesse now because under Jesse's umbrella, now we know how much about you. She's a chicken mom. She's a dog mom. She sells CBD. She does action karate. So now we can find all of you in one site. So jessedamiano.com is actually a thing now. Um, and I, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. So I can, you know, all those different handles. Um, the website would be the best place to go, I think. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. And Jesse, we'll see you soon and good luck out there. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to The Easy Method, where we're going to be digging deep to discover your stories and struggles of being a new entrepreneur. If you or somebody you know would like to be on the show, come on over to elainezelker.com and follow it to the Digging Deep podcast where you can apply as well. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.